everyone, it's Carol, and welcome to episode 39 of Speakerman Speaks Retail, where we navigate retail from now to next in every episode. I'm here to help all kinds of retail-focused companies land big B2B programs and cut through all the noise through my latest retail trajectories. These are themes that I'm constantly creating, connecting, and mapping across categories, borders, business models, and touch points so you can do something about it. Today, I'm going to update several trajectories that we've talked about in previous episodes, but they're really heating up right now. After all, that's what my trajectories are all about, connecting all the seemingly rando stuff happening in retail, but rolling it up to bigger conclusions and calls to action. By tracking how these trajectories are evolving and how they're connected, we get a heat map of retail happenings. So let's warm up that trajectory tracker and get right to it. In episode 24, we talked about how the services and solution shift is emerging as a top growth engine for retail. In fact, Walmart CEO Doug McMillan recently said that it's the service piece of the business that's helped offset some of the headwinds that are hitting retail right and left. Product-based challenges like supply chain snags and inflation in particular. But before that, he boldly stated, quote, For an increasing number of customers, Walmart will be seen more like a service. Now, he didn't say Walmart will be seen as a service provider. He said Walmart itself will be seen as a service. That's a subtle but powerful nuance that's impacting all of retail. In episode 32, we drilled down even further on one of retail's biggest service shifts, how retailers have gone mad for ads by creating in-house media networks. And as retailers like Walmart, Kroger, Target, Carrefour, and others build out their internal advertising agencies, they're positioning as being a service to their suppliers. It's a pure platform monetization play that serves as a powerful hedge against the ups and downs of consumer spending. Deep-pocketed brand marketers can now help retailers pump up the volume as they tap into retailers' platform capabilities. Amazon just announced its latest solution for sale, providing same-day delivery for several retailers, including Diesel, GNC, PacSun, and SuperDry, along with options for store pickup. Shoppers can place orders through the Amazon app, and Prime members get free delivery. This one checks a lot of boxes. It adds value to Amazon's Prime membership program. It potentially drives store traffic for participating retailers. It definitely drives digital traffic and search for the brands. And, of course, it outsources that ever-important convenience factor. Last week, I spoke on a panel about yet another aspect of the retailer-as-service trajectory. Private solutions. Solution providers, including retailers, white-labeling their capabilities for others, even their competitors. Tesco is the latest retailer to sign up for Amazon's Just Walk Out technology. Tesco created a dedicated format called GetGo that leverages it. There's another layer here, though, that no one talks about. Amazon's Just Walk Out special sauce is actually provided by an Israeli startup called Trigo that Amazon made an equity investment in in 2019. So Amazon is tapping a white-label solution that it sells as a white-label solution to others that retailers can then brand and make their own. So the solutions and services shift and the RAS, or Retailer as Service Trajectory, are heating up and branching out. Speaking of dedicated formats, I just shot a video on my next trajectory, Multi-Format Mojo. Multi-format retail has quietly become the rule, not the exception. Most retailers that have made it this far are multi-format operators. Look at Dollar General. 
It perfected the uber-efficient small-format general store, a concept that proved to be so powerful that it inspired everybody else to start shrinking their square footage. But even Dollar General's pushing into new formats like Pop Shelf that onboard new generations of shoppers and that promote higher margin categories, and the DGX format that expands Dollar General's reach to urban shoppers. Now, those are the new ones, but Dollar General's mainline stores are in a near constant state of refinement. They're adding more groceries and more coolers to house those groceries, not to mention beauty products, health and wellness, and so on. So the ongoing evolution of existing formats is a big part of the multi-format mojo trajectory, and Dollar General just made another big move in that direction. It created an advisory panel of healthcare experts to get serious about the hottest category in retail right now, health and wellness. Dollar General's been loading all kinds of health-related products into its stores, but now it's set a goal to, quote, build a comprehensive network of affordable services for DG customers. So Dollar General is unapologetically attacking drugstores here. And with tens of thousands of locations and super low prices, I think DG can make a big dent in the business. So this is another area where several trajectories are colliding. Retailers' health and wellness pushes span across multiple product categories and now into solutions and services, whether that's telehealth or physical clinics. Amazon just acquired One Medical, which is billed as a technology-powered national primary care organization. But Amazon plans on combining many of its healthcare assets to open physical clinics. Walmart, Walgreens, and others are also integrating health services into their existing formats and creating dedicated concepts to health and wellness. For more on the new format front, Macy's is putting pedal to the metal on its small format Market by Macy's concept. Kohl's also sees smaller formats as its future, with 100 more mini Kohl's locations planned over the next four years. Petco just announced a new rural format that'll include products and services for farm animals, and 7-Eleven's rolling out more of its evolution concept that includes dining, cocktails, touchless payments, and more. So retailers are flexing their multi-format mojo for a few reasons. But category diversification and location-based customer acquisition are at the top of the list. New formats give retailers like Dollar General and Petco permission to branch out into new categories. Grocery helps retailers like Dollar General and Target get shoppers visiting stores more often, which tends to lead to purchases in more profitable categories. HEB, that aggressively growing Texas grocer, and before them, Kroger, they're reversing that out. They're layering higher margin categories like home goods and even apparel into new formats that build on their existing grocery base. It's the same logic, though. Grocery drives the traffic, and hey, why not sell more to shoppers while they're already in the store? Now, on the location and shopper segmentation front, Petco's farm and pet naturally gives Petco entree into rural locations that just couldn't support one of its big pet boxes. Dollar General's DGX focuses on grab-and-go convenience items that work well in urban locations, and urban shoppers checking out a DGX probably wouldn't normally visit a Dollar General store, if for no other reason than they're just not around the corner. Higher-income suburban moms with tweens in tow can buy party supplies at Pop Shelf probably without even knowing it's part of Dollar General's fleet. Now, Cole's unspoken mantra has always been location, location, location. Kohl's built its business through mid-sized strip mall stores that were a much more convenient alternative to heading to the big city mall. 
Going even smaller gives Kohl's even more access and options. Walmart's multiple formats have extended its reach to those same suburban moms who may not love traversing a Walmart supercenter, but have no problem visiting a neighborhood market or having their groceries loaded into the car or delivered to the door. So retailers are staying in the game by flexing their multi-format mojo. Let's do a quick lightning round on a few more trajectories that are buzzing right now. Diversify or die, you've heard me say it before, it really is retail's new mantra. Diversifying into new categories, into solutions and services, and new formats. We just talked about all three, but also through hookups with one another. Retailers and e-tailers have become newfound frenemies. Now, I've talked about two trajectories, the rise of the RTR and the emergence of the ETR for years. These are handy little acronyms that stand for retailer-to-retailer and e-tailer-to-retailer hookups. You're used to hearing ETRs, those e-commerce-to-retail hookups, being talked about as part of the direct-to-consumer movement and the proliferation of digitally native brands. Now, that's one angle, but RTRs and ETRs exemplify how retailers are diversifying into new categories and channels by tapping into digitally native brands' data, social media platforms, and just their overall digital presence. Brands are diversifying their distribution by partnering with existing retailers. Saks Off Fifth just tied up with Rent the Runway. It's a great way for Saks to participate in the circular economy. And unlike repurposing platforms like ThreadUp that draw inventory from individuals, Rent the Runway goes right to the source, the designers themselves. And it runs a super sophisticated clothing processing and shipping platform that takes care of all the dirty details. Saks gets access to a slew of new brands in the deal. Up-and-coming digital intimates brand Parade just made a deal for 25 shopping shops and online with Urban Outfitters. Parade also has a branded store in Soho. D2C brand beauty darling Glossier just made a deal to sell its products in Sephora. Definitely an ETR play, and it backs up another trajectory we'll talk about in just a minute. But the Glossier Sephora, Saks Rent the Runway, and Parade Urban Outfitters deals all bear out one of my evergreen retail mantras. True scale is no longer achieved in a single channel. Channel diversification is life. And this seeks right into a trajectory we took on in episode 35. I outlined the surprising aftermath of Nike's decision to curtail its wholesale business. How Nike's determination to own its brand destiny surprisingly didn't inspire more brands to do the same. In fact, a wholesale heyday is underway as traditional brands expand their wholesale relationships and as former digitally native brands and direct-as-consumer brands explore wholesale for the first time. Glossier's tie-up with Sephora is a perfect example. It's Glossier's first wholesale deal, but it came on the heels of Glossier closing its three branded stores. So wholesale's pretty much become the alternative to owned retail for them. Now, after being a multi-generational fixture on the retail landscape, 50-year-old Claire's has bounced back from bankruptcy. Claire's is no slouch in the brick-and-mortar space, by the way. It has 2,500 stores in 17 countries, along with 11 million loyalty program members and partnerships with retailers like Galleries Lafayette in Paris and CVS. But Claire's fell on some hard times and filed for bankruptcy in 2018. Well, don't you just love a good comeback story? Last year, Claire's generated $1.4 billion in revenue and swung to a profit, with sales increasing by 51% over the year before. 
Not only has Claire's exited bankruptcy, but it also filed for an IPO that could raise $100 million. Claire's made some major moves to pull this off, like pulling back from mall locations in favor of lifestyle centers. But it's those retail partnerships that have really rung the registers to the tune of over 13,000 more locations. And with a Walmart deal around the corner, Claire's physical presence will just soar from here, even if it never opens up another Claire's store on its own. So RTRs, ETRs, and all manner of frenemy forays are definitely on the march. So we've blasted through six retail trajectories that haven't just held up, they've heated up, and they've evolved to breathe new life into traditional models. The retailer as service movement is in full swing, and along with it, private solutions and white-label services are proliferating, whether they're officially disclosed or done on the stealth. Retailers and brands are flexing their multi-format mojo again. The store is still at the core of retailers' growth strategies, and the multi-format movement is propelling it. Those RTRs and ETRs are heating up, and along with it, the wholesale heyday is underway. All of this spells opportunity for those of you in the B2B space, whether you sell products, solutions, or services. Retailers' pushes into solutions and services, it's not just something they're doing. It's quickly evolving into an identity, service provider. So I've been asking my clients, how will your positioning change if your customer sees itself as a brand, not just as a place that sells your brands? For my clients that provide solutions and services to retail, the new question is, how does it transform your positioning when your customer is a service, not just a place that sells products and services or that uses your services? Here's some more food for thought. How will things change when retailers perceive you as a customer, not just as a supplier? Retailers increasingly will want you to shop their services and solutions before you look somewhere else. Whether that's ad buys, marketplace participation, last mile delivery, or something else. As much as everyone loves to talk about digital, the store really is at the core of most retailers' strategies, and the multi-format movement is what's keeping it relevant. So it pays to get familiar with retailers and brands' format strategies and position to them. If you do, you can expand right along with them. One multi-format retailer can now present all kinds of opportunities without looking any further. For you portfolio companies, the diversification of retailers' formats and the category and shopper segmentation expansion that goes along with it means that more of your brand's products or solutions can find a home. So do some sleuthing and uncover which formats they're running, the customer segments they're targeting, and the categories in play, and absolutely who they're hooking up with. Those RTRs, ETRs, and the wholesale heyday present even more expansion opportunities. Retailers can hop into new categories and woo new customers overnight through these deals. Brands get instant distribution. Thank you for listening in today. I've got some exciting interviews planned for you up ahead. I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, ideas, or stories to share. You can ping me directly at carol at speakermanretail.com or hit my site at speakermanretail.com to check out more insights, subscribe to my updates, and get the latest on events and other happenings. And if you like what you're hearing, please do like, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.